0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy
1: Baseball in 15, we'll look at a perfect debut and a handful of tricky closer situations. Like, death and taxes. Dodger's been a Dodger.
0: I have That's not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It
1: works great in a fantasy I'm
0: just glad I am not at the dentist.
1: Fantasy Baseball in
2: 15, on The Athletic.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, June 28th, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I'm here with Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, let's get right to the news and notes here. Um, Denelson LeMet has been placed on the I.L. with right forearm inflammation. So uh, it's just been a, a back and forth kind of season that way for uh, LeMet. Padres are hopeful that maybe this is going to be close to a minimum stay on the I.L. So let's not hit the panic button just yet. Uh, Willie Calhoun going on the IL with a fractured forearm so obviously that's a long stay for him so my question to you Michael Beller is I know that earlier on early in the season back uh, during spring training uh, as I recall you were a David Dahl guy Um, he has been on the IL with a rib cage contusion for quite a while but he is expected back sometime in the the earlier part of this week Uh, are you still a believer in Dahl for fantasy purposes and uh, where should we pick him up
2: No, I am not. I mean, I don't even know if I was a dull guy. I was willing to give him a chance just because of what we've seen from him when he's been healthy in those rare occasions in his career. But this year he has had those same injury concerns and frankly hasn't been very good when he has been healthy.
1: So someone who I don't really think you even need to kick the tires on. All right. Uh, another uh, injury, uh, really a gruesome one. Uh, Josh Naylor fractured his leg in a collision with Ernie Clement on Sunday against the Twins. So uh, obviously going to be a long time out for him. Uh, Cleveland has a number of options, including Oscar Mercado or bringing back uh, back up uh, Andres Jimenez. Maybe uh, moving Ahmed Rosario back to the outfield. So we'll see how they respond to that. Catal Marte is going to undergo imaging on his hamstring on Monday. And Corey Seeger, interesting update on him. He was supposed to start a rehab assignment this past weekend, but he was starting to feel some soreness in his hand again, so did not start that rehab assignment. So there's no t- timetable for him to do that, and really no timetable at this point for his return, which seemed sort of imminent now. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this situation uh, a little bit later on. Uh, Brandon Nimmo expected to return for the Mets this Tuesday, and J.D. Davis slated to start a rehab assignment this Wednesday. So, Michael, let's get to some closer situations here. The Philadelphia closer situation is a really hard one to figure out right now. Hector Neris had reportedly lost the closer job, but then pitched in a couple of uh, save situations over the weekend. Then Archie Bradley in there on Sunday, getting his first save of the season against the Mets. How are you reading this one, and is there anybody, once you sort everything out, is there anybody that's actually worth pursuing? Yeah, really don't know what to make of it either, because I think Jose Alvarado could be in the mix as well
2: for them, so I, I don't know. The thing, the nice thing about these guys, uh, even if you want to keep us in us in the discussion, but certainly Alvarado and Bradley to a lesser extent, is that they do get a decent amount of strikeouts, so you could make an argument for taking a shot on pretty much any of them in the short term knowing that even when they do pitch they're probably going to at least contribute to strikeouts for you and then just see how it shakes out so I wouldn't go crazy for any of them but if I could land one of them for a min bid or for you know just in a different sort of league for the worst player on my roster is all I give up to get him and just see how this works out I would be okay with really chasing after any of them if I was going to say there's a favorite I guess I would say it's Bradley but I got a feeling This is something that doesn't have a locked-in closer situation until at the earliest after the trade deadline should this team make some
1: moves, especially if it falls further out of playoff contention. All right, and of course, that's still just about a month away. A couple other situations to consider. Maybe you like these more, maybe you don't, than the Philadelphia situation. The Reds um, just lost a couple of really key arms in their bullpen in recent days. Uh, First, it was Lucas Sims going in the I.L., uh with an elbow injury now more recently tj antone with a forearm injury so is it amir garrett's just sort of by default he has been better lately 10 strikeouts in his last six in the third innings just one home run allowed and home runs have been an issue for him walks at times have been just two uh walks over his last six in the third or is brad brock uh very much in this picture I think you got to like Garrett
2: better than Brock. I could see Brock being in it, but on the short side of a split. I think Garrett's the guy that you chase, and you got to like that recent form that we've seen from him. Both of these injuries, Antone and Sim, sounds like uh, they could be longer term. Not necessarily the whole season, maybe for Antone the whole season. But this is going to be something where I think Garrett has an ability to take that closer's role and run with it. So he's the guy who I would go after here and definitely like him better than anything that's going on in
1: Philly. All right, what about in Detroit? Michael Fulmer on the IL. Looked like he was emerging as the closer there, but uh, going on the IL with a cervical spine strain. So Jose Cisnero getting a uh, save over the weekend, uh, but Gregory Soto may be in that mix too. So, any interest in either Cisnero or Soto? I think Cisnero
2: is the way to go here, uh, and I think that whoever it ends up being could have the job for the rest of the season. Even with this injury to Fulmer, a little worse than it sounds, really, he's just got some neck pain, so I could still see him getting shipped out at some point over the next couple of weeks, and whoever does end up taking over for him
1: could have that job the rest of the season. All right, well, let's uh, take a look at some of the other things that happened on the field on Sunday, Uh, and I think we got to start with Max Kranick, not something I would have predicted say on Friday, uh, but Max kranick making his major league debut for the Pirates. And all he did was throw 50 pitches and throw uh, five perfect innings against the Cardinals. Uh, so it was very much a- an exercise in contact management, just three strikeouts, just four swings and misses on those 50 pitches. Uh, would certainly seem to think that there's going to be room for him to make another start here. But is there uh, room for us maybe in, in mixed leagues uh, to-, to take a shot on him or, or should we wait and see? Yeah, we're not adding him just yet. We can talk about him as a streamer
2: if and when he does make that second start, but definitely not someone to go out and add based on what he did against a Cardinals team that is becoming more of a pushover than I think a lot of people would have expected
1: them to be earlier in the season. Yeah, I think we definitely need to add them to the list of teams that that make for good pitching matchups. So, uh, Cranick, though, certainly making the most of it. Kyle Muller, very impressive start for him on Sunday at Cincinnati. Uh, Did give up a hit, which Kranich didn't do, but no runs over his five innings, nine strikeouts, two walks. Uh, I'm going to guess that you're a little bit more excited about Muller, but where would you look to add him?
2: Yeah, a little bit more excited about him, but still feel as though he's an NL-only guy. Maybe 15-team mixer if you are pitching needy, but uh, still not going too crazy here uh, based on what we saw from him against the Reds over the weekend.
1: All right, and we'll look at one more pitcher who stood out in a really a more negative way, unfortunately, and that's uh, Adbert Alzolay. just lasting three innings against the Dodgers, uh, gave up uh, six runs, although only four were earned, but still five hits, uh, three walks, which you don't like to see in such a short outing, three strikeouts for him. So over his last three starts combined, just 10 and two-thirds innings, he's not been going deep into games. Uh, he's walked nine batters over that stretch, given up 11 earned runs, Five home runs for Auslides—a bit of a long ball problem for him—is uh, uh, do we just bench him until uh, he writes the ship?
2: I wouldn't necessarily just bench him. Uh, there is also an injury uh, situation mixed in here that complicated matters for him. A lot of people are going to struggle against the Dodgers. Just didn't have his command in that start on Sunday night and gave up—you know—homer's ba- that barely, barely left the yard to Zach McKinstry and Cody Bellinger. Those could have both easily, but just been deep flyouts on another night. So eh, it's not been a good run for Alzelay here of late, but I still have confidence in him as a guy who I'm going to trust in almost any
1: matchup right now. All right. Well, you mentioned Zach McKinstry, so let's have him lead off the hitters portion of this uh, standout segment. A couple of hits in that game, including the home run, which you mentioned that was his fifth homer of the season. So really nice Nice series uh, against the Cubs for McKinstry, four for 11, couple of home runs there, but maybe even more relevant for us in thinking about how to deal with him, him in fantasy, he's started four of the last five games, and that's the span in which Cody Bellinger's actually been back with the Dodgers coming off of the IL, so they've got pretty close to their full complement at this point, and McKinstry... Doing, you know, what he does and doing, you know, the Dodgers doing what they do, which is taking these versatile players and finding ways to give them semi-regular playing time. So McKinstry, you know, filling that uh, sort of Chris Taylor-like role that we've seen in the past. Uh, So where should we be thinking about adding him?
2: I suppose in 15-team mixers, we have to understand that this could always change with the versatility of this team. But four out of five with Bellinger back, that's nothing to turn up your nose at. So I do think that maybe he's going to have a little bit longer-term playing time here. Corey Seager's uh, regression uh, and the fact that he's not coming back as soon as we thought he was going to give McKinstry a little bit more of a leash here. I like him now. I think you still have to go and do it with the mentality that it's probably a short-term thing, though. All right.
1: Let's talk about a couple of hitters who uh, have been all or nothing pretty much uh, when they've uh, been playing, uh, but at least we we got the all side from them on Sunday. I'm talking about Taylor Trammell and Keston Hira. Trammell with a two-homer game uh, against the White Sox in the second game of that doubleheader. so that's really been kind of an aberration uh, for, for Trammell because uh, prior to this doubleheader, he was two for his last 31 with 17 strikeouts. And uh, that's a profile that probably sounds a little familiar for those who have been watching Keston Hira. A lot of strikeouts, occasional home runs for him. Uh, two for four with this her third home run of the season against the Rockies at home on Sunday. Uh, also doubled in that game. So since returning, some encouraging signs for Hira, four for 15 with a couple of homers. However, five strikeouts, so that's still one out of every three uh, at-bats that he's uh, striking out in. So um, how are you handling Tremel and Hira at this point? I'm staying away. This is just
2: too many strikeouts. I mean, it's, as, it's really as simple as that, and it's nice when they run into some homers and do what they do, but... Too many strikeouts, too spotty of track records for these guys. Uh, I'll just let someone else go down this road because I think there are a lot of other ways to get the power that they
1: provide without taking on all the fleas that they have to. All right. And one more hitter just to take a look at. Somebody's really been hot uh, since uh, rejoining the Rays lineup And that. G-Man Choi, third home run on Sunday against the Angels. He had a four-hit game on Saturday and uh, those couple of games have boosted his slash line to 271 386 435 um nice get if you can if you can get him in OBP leagues but do you see any appeal beyond
2: that? I do, and give me a guy like G-Man Choi over someone like Keston here or Taylor Trammell any day of the week. He's just a better hitter. And like sometimes we lose sight of something as simple as that in the fantasy game because we're looking for these counting stats and we're hunting for upside, and we lose sight of something as simple as who's the literal better hitter. And G-Man is just a better hitter. He's just better at avoiding outs and getting on base, and there's a lot of value in that in the real world. And in fantasy, and I think G-Man Choi's got a place in a lot of fantasy leagues, certainly more
0: than he finds himself on rosters in right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: All right, to stream or not to stream, that is going to be the question for this Monday. So I think you can make the argument for no streaming of pitchers, mm-hmm. but I've got three can or actually two candidates to at least consider here. Spencer Howard at Cincinnati. Uh, Howard's not made a start over four innings, though, so far this year. And Eli Morgan, who's coming off of a very nice start, and then he gets the Tigers. Uh, so maybe you like the matchup there. Uh, worth the risk in either case?
2: Yeah, I suppose Eli Morgan against the Tigers is a decent matchup. There's going to be some good win upside there with Cleveland uh, going up against the Tigers. But I'm taking a pass on a stream on Monday. Just no one here really
1: jumps out at you. All right. So uh, something to simplify your Monday. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, let's complicate it a bit with one last uh, segment here. Our weekly planner, mostly looking at uh, players with some injury questions. Bryce Harper didn't play on Sunday with a tight calf. Jesse Winker did pinch hit on Sunday, but he's dealing with a hip issue. He is, however, expected to start on Monday. Jose Abreu's got a bruised knee. He's day to day. Colton Wong uh, is doubtful for Monday with a tight calf. So, Harper, Winker, Abreu, Wong, who do you trust for your weekly lineup? Uh, Winker's a definite yes.
2: Wong is a definite no. Harper and Abreu, very tough, especially with what you count on getting from those guys, even though it's been a bit of a down season from Abreu. I lean in the direction of playing both of those guys because it's it's just really hard. Even if, even if they miss a couple of games, you're going to want them in your lineup almost certainly more than whoever their replacement is for a couple of more games than those guys. So I will lean toward playing them. I understand it's a tough decision, though.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. And another tough decision, potentially Austin Meadows, uh part of the Rays five game week, the only team with a five game week. And to add to that, uh there'll be a couple of games in an NL park. They're going to be playing two at Washington and then playing three at Toronto. Some tough pitching matchups, especially in that Blue Jays series. You got John Lester, a lefty going in the NL park. I kind of see a four game week here for Meadows. Uh, Do you agree? And is that enough to sit them?
2: Yeah, I could see that too, but you know, Austin Meadows has got 16 homers. He can steal some bases even though he's only got two on the season. Again, m- almost certainly four games of Austin Meadows is going to be better than six games of whoever you would start in his place. So I will go ahead, bite the bullet, and start Meadows. All right.
1: So a little bit of optimism there to uh, wind up the show. So uh, with that said, uh, if you do have a moment to rate and review this here podcast, Fantasy Baseball in 15, we would greatly appreciate it if you do take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday.